the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. May God's grace be sufficient. May God's grace be sufficient. Whether you wake up and it's a good day or when you wake up and it's a difficult day, may God's grace be sufficient for both our successes and our sorrows. In his name, amen. I didn't see it last night. I saw it this morning as Pastor Shower read 1 Peter 4. Worship is two things. It is speaking and doing. Faith, if it's not accompanied by works, is dead. Faith that is spoken from the mouth, not accompanied by works of service, is a dead thing. There is no life in it. Matthew 7 and 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom. But he who does the will of the Father, and what's the will of the Father? That you extend his love and his service to others. As emphasized in the last two parables that Jesus ever spoke on this earth, both of them in Matthew 25. First Peter 4, it said, when you speak, when your worship entails speaking, speak as the words of the Lord come to you. When you speak, speak forth the words of the Lord. Whether they're words of comfort or words of admonition or words of warning or words of encouragement or words of hope or words of forgiveness, when you speak, speak forth the words of God. And then it says in what Pastor Shower just read, when you speak, speak forth the words of God. And when you serve, serve with the strength that God has given you. Worship is two things. It is speaking forth the words of God, not your own made-up words, but the words that God has shared with us over these 2,000 years. And then worship is one other thing. It is service to Him. In this four-part series on worship today, give God your service. Give God your service. I shall not reread the parable. That Pastor Shower read, what's it about? Parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. It's an earthly story. It involves earthly characters. In this case, three individuals. It involves earthly circumstances. They were given a task by their master before he left the territory for a long time. It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. One has to go deeper than the surface to realize what Jesus is saying here. What's the parable about? It's about this. Each of these three people and each person that God has created on this earth, each has talents, each has abilities, each has skills. Talents, abilities, and skills. Each has time in the day. All seven billion of us on the planet are given 24 hours. Some are given 100 years. Some are given 80. Some are given 60. Some are given 30. 
some sadly 20s or teens or younger. God gives us life experiences, every one of us. You've experienced joy. You've also experienced sorrow. You've experienced times of testing, times of temptation. You've experienced hardships on this earth, and you have experienced successes. If you've lived long enough, from those experiences, you learn lessons about three things. You learn lessons about yourselves. Maybe when a success came, you learned a lesson about yourself. You're a bit more arrogant than you thought you were. That blessing came and your head swelled and maybe you were difficult to live with for a little while because you put yourself up there on some pedestal. Or maybe you learned something about yourself that when the success came, you realized that you were more humble than you thought you were. You were almost embarrassed at the success that had come to you. You didn't quite know how to handle it because you're more humble in nature. And you realize that that blessing had come from God. You also learn lessons when hardships come. The Bible literally says rejoice in your suffering. When suffering comes, it helps to make you persevere in your faith. And when you persevere in your faith, when you say, God, I feel you even more strongly than I did in the better days. When you persevere in your faith, that hardship also produces something about your character. Makes you stronger. Makes you more compassionate when you see suffering in others. Life experiences, you learn stuff about life. Life's not always fair. You learn stuff about yourself. And through life experiences, you learn things about God. You learn that he can work his miracles. You learn that he's with you every moment of every day. You learn that he sets a table before you in the presence of your enemy. You learn that he gives you abundant life on this earth. If fear doesn't rule the day, if your faith says to the mountain of fear, move, and it moves. I dare say, as we've said many, many times, Pastor Shah and myself, I dare say that you learn far more about God and about yourself when trials come. Because sometimes all you have left is you and God. And that's not a bad thing. God gives each man, this parable teaches, he gives each man talents, abilities, intellect, skills, time. He gives them spiritual gifts, and he gives them material possessions. I mention the material possessions at the very end because that doesn't really matter so much. You think it does? It doesn't really matter so much how big your house is. How fancy your car is, jewelry that you have. That's at the very end of the list. It's the least important. Some who have very little have everything. Those people in El Salvador, so close to God because they have nothing else. They pray when they wake up in the morning, thank you God that I woke up alive. And then some who have everything have no time for God as a rich young lawyer in Luke chapter 17. 
People, when you're born, you're not born just with arms and legs, nose, ears, eyes, fingers, and toes. You're born with things that you can't see. Parent looks at the baby there in the crib. The parent has no idea what talents that child might have, what abilities, what skills, what intellect. And as each year goes by, life experiences come to that child. And sometimes when that child is three or four years of age, the parents already see in them things. And when they're in their 20s and 30s, mom and dad will say about that child, I saw it when they were three years old, four years old. I saw the temperament. I saw the talent. I saw the skill. I saw the ability when they were very, very young What's the parable about? Man goes on a journey, calls his servants. He's going to be gone for a while. He says to them, I'm going to give you talents according to your abilities. That word is in there, in the text. According to your abilities, I will give you talents. One man, five. One man, two talents. One man, one talent. Whenever I read this parable, I think of Luke 16, 10. It says, if you're faithful in small things, you can be trusted with greater things. And if you are not faithful with small things, you'll be dishonest if you're given greater things. That's exactly what is happening in the parable. The master God says to each of his servants, these three, I know you well. I know your purpose on this earth. You, one talent man, your purpose on this earth is you. All you're concerned about is building your bank account and building your power and building your authority. The great irony, the five talent Man, the two-talent man, the one-talent man, the one-talent man probably had a bigger bank account than any of them because he lived for himself. And the master said to the five-talent man and the two-talent man, you live for one purpose. You live to serve me. You honor me. You respect me. You sit and say, Master, you have given me this occupation. You have given me my health. You have given me my family. You have given me everything. And as I've watched you over the years, five-talent man and two-talent man, as I've watched you over the years, I see a compassion from you. I see a grace from you. I see a mercy from you. I see someone who not only speaks well of the master, but serves the master well. You tell others about me. You invite others to come and work for me. And the five-talent man, given five talents of money by the master, listen carefully, he puts his skills to use. He puts his abilities to use. Puts his time to use, his life experiences to use, his spiritual gifts to use. And he puts his material possessions to use. And putting all of these things to use, not for himself, but for his master. 
putting all of these things to use. The Master is blessed. The Master is blessed. When the Master comes back, he sees a hundred more people working on his farm and his fields. He sees a hundred more people gathered together. Did not Jesus say in one of his parables, Mark chapter 4, parable of sower and the seed, if you sow the seed and it falls on fruitful soil, it produces a hundred and a thousand fold more. I guarantee you one thing. When the master came back, the man with five talents didn't say, look at my checkbook and look at my savings account and look at my portfolio. See how much money I've gained. What he did, he did for the master. And if he gained more money, he used it for the master's work. He knew his master had given him everything. He knew how loving his master was. He wanted to get the word out. How many times have I told you throughout all these years, if you have found a doctor who was able to do something for you that no other doctor did, the first thing you want to do is get that news out to other people. If you find a mechanic, if you find a plumber, if you find a carpenter, if you find... uh, You want to get that news out to someone else. You just don't keep it to yourself. And if you've had a God who's been with you in the greatest moments you ever had, and you said automatically, hey man, that came from God. And if you have a God who's been with you in the worst moments you've ever had. I'm at a funeral yesterday, and the very last song that was played was a song about this dear man, Ray, being taken off this earth in his early 60s after battling cancer for some 13 years. This song is about this man being in heaven with the Father and the Son. And I thought to myself, with the 50 or 60 or 70 people there at that funeral home in South Holland, I thought to myself, pertaining to the family, what a witness, what a witness, what a witness as they speak about this man's life, his love for his family, and his love for his Lord. I am giving you everything, and I'm leaving for a while. I want to see what you're going to do with the time and the talents and the skills and abilities that I leave you. It'll take a long time for me to get out of my mind a picture of that Clemson coach. I'm glad I stuck around and watched after the game was over, because I usually don't. I'm on to something else. But I stuck around, and I listened to him. God gave him five talents, didn't he? His time, his talents, his abilities, his skills... God gave him all the talents, and he gave him five talents more. He let him win a national football championship. And what does a man do when he wins a national championship? 
Does he say, I've worked so hard for this over the last uh, 20 years. I just kept climbing up the ladder and I finally got here. And I thank all my coaches and I thank all my players and I, I thank everybody. I thank my mom and dad. I thank my brothers and sisters. I thank my uncle and my aunt. Was that what it was all about? No. Did he say a single word about himself? No. The five-talent man who was given by his master a national football championship says when the microphone is put in front of him, I give all praise and glory to my Lord and my Savior. And God is smiling up there. He says how blessed we are as coaches and players to have been allowed by our Lord to be a part of all of this. If he had been a one-talent man, it would have been all about himself. If he had been a one-talent man, he would have said, man, if I open up my mouth and say anything about Jesus, there might be a whole bunch of recruits, five-star athletes, who are not going to come to this university if I mention Jesus. Didn't think about it for a moment. Didn't think about it for a moment. Five-talent man says, I give all praise and glory to God. If you ask him uh, somewhere down the road, uh, 30 years from now, what was the greatest moment in your life? You would not be surprised when he said, when I won the national championship, quite frankly, my second one. And when you ask him, why was that your most special moment, if you were crazy enough to ask him that question, he would say, because at that moment, I was able to tell 10 million people about my faith in my Lord and Savior and what he had done for me. Jesus' entire ministry is wrapped up in those last two parables. Parable of the talents, and then the one that comes right after it. Because the one that comes right after it, he tells you how your talents, skills, abilities, time, treasures, material possessions are to be used. When you saw someone hungry, five-talent man, you fed them. When you saw someone thirsty, two-talent man, you went and gave him drink. When you saw someone sick, when you saw someone in prison, when you saw someone lonely, you went to them. You fed them with real food. You just didn't throw words at them. You fed them with real food. But you also fed them with your companionship. You spent weeks going over to that widower every other day to see how he's doing because you knew how lonely he was. And you knew people on the commuter train and in the neighborhood. You knew people in your family that you had married into. You knew people who didn't really know God and when they were going through difficult times, they didn't have what you have. They didn't have God. 
And you fed them God, and you gave them drink of God, and you clothed them with God. That's what he means. Five talents, two talents, one talent. I was glad that God kept Ray Maurer alive as long as he did. For the sake of his family, his mother who's still alive, his wife, the grandchildren. But I'm also thankful because I got to know him over the course of these months. A man who had such great pride in the work that God had allowed him to do. A man who had such great pride in the family that God had allowed him to have. And a man who knew his Lord and Savior. He's the man, one of many, that asked the family to leave. And I talked to him privately. I said, do you believe there is life after this life? 110% certain, Pastor. 110% certain. He used his talents well for his family, for the work that God gave him to do, and for his faith. And if you had seen the people that I saw at that funeral yesterday in the midst of a snowstorm, you realize how God had used this man to touch many lives. Rick Warren said, your purpose on this earth goes far beyond your family, your career, your wildest dreams. You must begin with your master. You must begin with God. You were born by his purpose and for his purpose. Dallas Willard, one of the great brilliant thinkers in Christianity's history, he said the message of Jesus and the early disciples was not one just about the forgiveness of sins. It was also a message of newness of life. We who are saved, we who have drunk the water of life, have a different purpose, a different understanding of life from the unsaved. We are to live in a different world. And we, as his children, are to make this world different. Give God your service. The stewardship of our lives. Give God your service. In our Savior's name, amen. Would you rise as we pray? Heavenly Father, what is so important about this kingdom? Your kingdom gives its citizens abiding peace. Amen. Your kingdom gives its citizens a life penetrated throughout by love. Your love for us, our loving others. Your kingdom gives its citizens a faith that sees everything in the light of God's promise that it will work together for good. Your kingdom gives its citizens a hope that stands firm in the darkest days and a power to do what is right and to withstand the forces of evil. What a kingdom. Peace and love and hope and the realization that God is good and a power from God himself to desire to do what is right and to live our life in service to him and to others. May our talents be so used in our Savior's name. Amen. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.